It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. We close out the week into the weekend, depending on when you are listening. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. I had a Built Bar last night, the chocolate peanut butter. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Go get yourself some at BuiltBar.com. All right, coming up in today's episode, Matt Ioannidis, arguably Washington's best offensive lineman. Maybe not by the time the season is over, if Chase Young is as good as everybody thinks Chase Young is going to be, but for right now, it's kind of hard to argue. Uh, As time allows, a little bit of Morgan Moses. Uh, That's how far back we are because we've had all sorts of player availability throughout the week, even though once again on Friday, media was not allowed to attend practice because of the field conditions, a lot of rain in the northern Virginia area. Uh, The team once again for a second consecutive day back inside the bubble. And now that means we will not be allowed out at the training facility until Tuesday of this upcoming week. But that means, assuming that all goes well and assuming that the rain holds off and they practice outside, that we'll actually get to see them in pads for the first time. So, it's been a weird offseason. It's been a weird acclimation period training camp. Um, All sorts of stuff going on in terms of interviews. We got to talk to Reuben Foster. We got to talk to Thomas Davis. We will have both of those for you next week. Again, Ioannidis today, a little bit of Matt uh, Morgan Moses, but we did get to talk to those two guys. And I'll tell you what, this quick thing. The linebacking core is not going to be as nondescript as I thought it would be initially. I mean, if you, if you get 85% of Reuben Foster from what he was coming out of Alabama, what he showed in his rookie year, 85%, 80%, you know, that's going to be better than a lot of what they had last year. And remember, last year, you know, they were playing Cole Holcomb, a rookie, Sean Dion Hamilton in his second year. John Bostic had just arrived after Reuben Foster blew out his knee, and he all of a sudden he's calling plays and doing all sorts of things because they whacked Mason Foster a day before training camp after losing Reuben Foster. I mean, it was just this weird thing. And Cole Holcomb was a, a raw fifth-round rookie. Uh, And he handled himself fairly well. Remember, they had terrible communication in the secondary. So, you know, better communication, better defensive coordinator, better head coach, better everything, better talent up front is going to help out this linebacking core. And again, if Reuben Foster is anything close to what he was in his first year in San Francisco, uh, look out. They keep talking about Kevin Pierre-Lewis 
as well. I mean, Ron Rivera, every single chance he gets, talks about Kevin Pierre-Lewis. And uh, did so with uh, my buddy Kevin Sheehan on the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. on Friday morning. So uh, that was interesting as well. Um, And and Thomas Davis also talked about Kevin Pierre-Lewis, said he's like a freak. He just runs around and makes all sorts of plays, just going to be a tackling machine. I didn't think he would have that big of a role in the linebacking core. I thought more on special teams, but the way they keep talking about Kevin Pierre-Lewis is he's going to be out there rolling around and making all sorts of plays, Um, and, you know, he's only 230, 232, somewhere in that range, so you know he can fly, Uh, and certainly he'll help out on special teams, but it looks like, looks like, I want to emphasize looks like, he'll have a bigger linebacker role than I originally thought. All right, let's get to something I didn't get to on the last episode, which is what the Wall Street Journal reported on Thursday, and that is the three minority owners, which we already know, they're going to divorce court with Dandy Dan, um, and it has just been getting uglier and uglier and uglier, and, and I misjudge this situation. Let me be upfront. I thought I knew for years the three minority owners were upset and not happy. I thought, quite honestly, it was more at Bruce Allen and the state of blah and then bad of the team. I thought from everything that I had heard, it was more directed at Bruce Allen or Dan for being patient with Bruce, Dan for not pulling the plug on Bruce, Dan for not wanting to get rid of his buddy. It turns out that they were pissed about everything. It turns out that they were upset about everything. And so we all know what happened with FedEx and Fred Smith, FedEx Fred, as I like to call him. Um, early in July, which triggered the name change, even though Washington says it was in the process, whatever. Um, We all know what happened with that. Earlier this week, we talked on this podcast about Dwight Schar and this mysterious filing that Dan Snyder made in court on Monday, which basically accused Dwight Schar of being in cahoots with Mary Ellen Blair, who, in full disclosure, again, I worked with, uh, for a couple of years, she was Dan Snyder's executive assistant or whatever it was. Uh, I, I mean, I haven't talked to her in years. I, you know, I, I have no idea w- what's going on with her. Um, but she was always a little bit strange. Always a little bit strange um, when we would have conversations. So I, I, who knows what she was doing? Who knows if Dan's right about his conspiracy? Who knows if Dwight Shar, who basically Dan, while not naming Dwight Shar, points at Dwight Shar's son-in-law and daughter and their holding company, their real estate holding company, so much so that in the Wall Street Journal, they came out and said, look, We had nothing to do with this. Uh, There is no impropriety whatsoever. And basically, this is another convenient attempt for Dan Snyder to make an excuse or a public front for how terrible he's run the Washington organization, which her dad owns a part of. We don't know exactly how much Dwight should. Remember, all these people used to be friends. Dan Snyder, Dwight Shaw, Fred Smith. Um, he idolized Fred Smith, from what I understand. Uh, Bob Rothman. I, you know, I mean, I, I had a 
weird encounter with Bob Rothman <laughs> in, in, in Richmond with Bruce Allen. I, just weird. These people are all interesting is the nicest way I can say it. Um, but they all used to be buddy-buddy. They all used to be friends, really good friends. And now they're heading to divorce court. Um, and it's not going to get any better for Dan Snyder. Uh, as I reported Thursday, and I've continued to say this again, the NFL, I mean, not only were the minority owners upset at Dan and Bruce, and again, I thought it was more directed at Bruce, but it turned out Dan and Bruce. The NFL has been upset for a long time. They shoved Brian LaFamina down Dan's throat. Dan fired him after eight months. What do you think that said to the NFL? Basically, Dan was like, flipping them off and you think Roger Goodell and the NFL was happy about that especially when you consider and see the decay of the franchise now can they force him out probably not unless there's a smoking gun that we don't know about can they pressure him to sell I mean they could make it very 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 uncomfortable and very unhappy for Dan but they can't Unless, again, they have a smoking gun that comes out and that we don't know about. They can't force him to sell. Again, can they pressure? Yes, they can pressure. How much they pressure, that I don't know. I mean, clearly the Wall Street Journal is saying the minority owners are now cranking up the pressure, right? So if you get the minority owners who are cranking up the pressure to sell, 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 because they can't get equal footing for their money and their stakes, which are non-controlling interest stakes, if they're trying to crank up the pressure, if the NFL and Roger Goodell and however many owners there are that are upset at Dan over the state of disrepair within the franchise, a very, very influential, powerful, and should be money-making operation that has, again, just been torn to smithereens and just been brutalized in football sense. If they put a lot of pressure on Dan and his partners put a lot of pressure on Dan, maybe that's enough. Maybe that's enough. Even though the WSJ says Dan has no interest in selling because apparently there was a a guy that was willing to buy the stakes of the three minority investors and he pulled away because it wasn't going to involve controlling interest and apparently he bought another minority share of an NFL team we don't know who that person is um but the bottom line is is apparently there was that person now listen if Jeff Bezos wants to come in and buy Bob Rothman, Dwight Shear, FedEx Fred and Dan Snyder, you know look he I mean if he paid 4 billion dollars with the franchise valued by Forbes at $3.4 billion, if he paid $4 billion, maybe Dan, you know, thinks, uh, you, you know what? Maybe. I think Dwight, I, I think uh, Jeff Bezos is worth, I don't know, like $115 billion or something like ridiculous like that. Uh, what the hell's $4 billion to him? You know, I mean, he hadn't done it yet, but the NFL apparently wants him to. Maybe not in Washington, but I would think in Washington would be their ideal choice because they want Jeff Bezos and they want Amazon as part of it and they want his money and they want to fix this situation, which is, again, a largely a disaster and has been for a long time. Uh, Dan doesn't have many allies. He doesn't have many friends left. So... 
you know, whether, again, all of those things are enough of a factor, probably not, but I can't rule it out, and this more than ever, uh, and I'm, you know, I've heard lots of other stuff is going to happen over the next, you know, coming months. I don't know exactly what that all is, you know, but I would not be surprised if a year from now, if Dan Snyder is not running the Washington football team. I would not be surprised. I'm not saying it will happen. I've said all along, I think it might take up to five years, but I don't think Dan Snyder is going to be in this for the long haul, uh, just because I think, again, people are going to make it really hard for him to enjoy what he's built here, which, you know, you could say he's built a disaster, and it's hard to, it's hard to disagree with that. I mean, you know, owning an NFL team, you basically step in money. So it's not like he's done anything great to build this. He just had a lot of money back when the franchise and the stadium was worth $800 million. Now, according to Forbes, it's worth $3.4 billion 21 years later. And that's with a crappy stadium and just... Again, the the franchise in horrible disrepair. And, and Ron Rivera's Superman, I guess in everybody's eyes, what if Ron Rivera gets so agitated, so frustrated, and turns around and leaves after a year? I don't think he'll do that, but I can't rule it out. I can't rule it out. What happens if Kyle Smith leaves? I, I think that's more likely than Ron Rivera. I, I mean... You know, there's a lot of people scurrying around, like, you know, looking for food, looking for crumbs, looking to get out. There are people that are leaving the organization. They don't want to be a part. It's nothing against Ron. It's because the culture and the building has been and the franchise has been so bad that it's largely impossible for them to do their jobs and to do it well because nobody wants to support even with the name change and the branding change and all that stuff. I mean, that gave a little temporary boost, but I think that's more social media. Now you have a year where you have no fans, uh, no sweets, no nothing, you know? And if the team isn't really good, people ain't, they're going to be out. They're going to be out quick. Or if they're boring, they're going to be out quick. Or if something happens to Haskin and they're limp, Haskins and they're limping along, they're going to be out quick. All right, that's that. Uh, we will get to Matt Ioannidis coming up next right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell. All right, it is Chris Russell here for Built Bar at BuiltBar.com. That's right, Built Bar. We did so good with them in our partnership back in May and June. They sold out. They were cleaned out. And now the improved Built Bar is even more delicious. That's right. They say it's delicious, sir. I'm going to go with delicious. 18 amazing uh, flavors, six new flavors, including caramel brownie. How could you go wrong with caramel brownie? Uh, Also cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and ooh, 
Apple Almond Crisp, plus 12 original flavors, which include your standard, the ones that you're kind of used to and have probably enjoyed with Built Bar, like mint brownie and salted caramel and double chocolate and my favorite, peanut butter brownie, right? Anything with peanut butter and chocolate is pretty damn good. Bars are covered 100% chocolate. They're soft, easy to chew. They taste great, high in protein, low in carbs, low in sugar, Built Bar, Get them now at BuiltBar.com. And if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can get a free cooler with a purchase. So make sure you hop in right now. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, I'm Chris Russell. Right out to Matt Ioannidis, arguably the Washington best defensive lineman, right? I mean, he's quite honestly, he's better than Jonathan Allen and better than Deron Payne, statistically. And I think overall production-wise, uh, the question is, is is he better because those guys attract so much of the attention? Well, I mean, if you just added to other guys that are going to attract attention like Chase Young, hopefully Matt Ioannidis will even step up his game more. All right, Matt Ioannidis from earlier this week with Washington Reporters. Matt, Nikki Javala from the Washington Post. Um, switching to Del Rio's defense after the success you had in the 3-4, what, is, what sort of changes have you had to make and how do you feel your fit will be in this defense? Um, we're still in the early stages of first getting on the, getting on the field for the first time. So, um, questions a little hard to answer as far as changes, but initially it's just going to be getting off the ball a bit more than what we were used to in that three, four. And, um, I'm hoping that my, my role can be just to help the team in any way I can. Thanks. Hey Matt, John Kime, ESPN. Um, Obviously, there have been a lot of talk about Chase Young. I'm curious how he's fitting in, you know, in terms of the mindset of this group. You guys have developed a certain mindset over the last couple of years. How has he been fitting in so far? He fits in great. Uh, right off the bat, mentally, I think he fits into the group with how we all gel together uh, right away. Um, and obviously, physical, physically um, looks the role, plays the role. So it's been good having him around and getting to work uh, with him. What are are there one or two things where you know that you feel like you guys have been able to help him with, whether it's approach, whether it's teaching him anything? Is there anything that you guys have been able to kind of show him so far? Um, for me, I'm just trying to set a good example for him. He's a young, talented player. Uh, he's going to have a long, successful career, and I just want to give him his space and let him feel out the ropes for himself. Steve Russ told us that Ryan Anderson has been working with you all on the defensive line. So I'm just curious, what's he been like, you know, settling in there? Obviously last year he was kind of on the outside linebacker group, but what has he been like working with you guys in the defensive line group so far? He looks good. He's moving fast. He looks strong. Uh, Ryan's a good friend of mine. Um, but no, it's exciting having him around. He brings a lot of good energy. 
you guys as a D-line group got really close with Jim Tom Sula. How's it going without him? Uh, it's going well. It's going well. We we built a good thing here, and we always knew a day would come when, when he'd be leaving and we'd be staying behind. So we're, we have a good, good chemistry, a good, good gel here uh, in the room, and we're going to continue to grow that. As someone who's consistently gotten better year after year, what has been kind of the one key that you can point to that's helped you continue to grow into one of the more dominant defenders in the NFL? Obviously had a lot of success um, as a D-line here. Um, in the past and I attribute that to those guys working hard and trying to commit the stuff we're practicing um, to practice and then having executed in the game it's tough to say what it what it's been but um, I'm going to just continue to try and work as hard as I can every day and continue to grow. And Sam Mills told us a couple days ago that you know he's aware that the D-line kind of has to be what leads this team in 2020. Do you feel that pressure? Do you have that similar mindset too? Uh, yeah, I do. I share that sentiment hundred uh, percent. I think that um, Sam calls it the tip of the spear. So I think, I think we have the ability to the right guys in the room um, to lead this team. And I'm hoping to do that come game one. Thank you. You got it. Hey Matt, Les Carpenter to the Washington Post. Good to see you. Good to see um, you. I was curious, you know, you were talking about not opting out or making that decision, you know, to not do that. I mean, how much do you have to feel you have to protect this this sort of soft bubble? I mean, is there a pressure to when you leave to to make sure that you're you're not putting yourself in a situation where it can affect a lot of guys? I mean, is that is that something you all talk about? Is that something you think about? I mean, is that how much does that come into play? Personal, I'll speak for myself personally. I see it just as my responsibility not to put myself at at-risk positions, uh, whether that be places I'm in or what I'm doing while in the facility, limiting contact, limiting exposure. But for me, it's just, uh, it's just that. And I hope that everyone shares that same uh, thought process of- You have to talk to guys themselves. about it at all? Uh, it's, definitely been, it's definitely been expressed um, in meetings and when speaking with our, uh, what's it called? Our, our medical team. Thanks. You got it. Hey, Matt. Sam Fortier with the Washington Post. <laughs> you can kind of take Madden ratings for what they're worth, but but this year's game gave you the second highest strength rating. And I was wondering, do you think that you're the second strongest player in the NFL? <laughs> uh, yeah, I hadn't given it much thought um, before seeing it. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to think so. I think we all – in the D line, we've we've kind of grown some of this chemistry in the weight room, so it's cool to see, um, it's cool to see that number be reflected in Coach Englehart's uh, efforts. What do you kind of? I mean, obviously Coach Englehart, but for you as well, like, what what do you think separates like your strength from from maybe others? How, how do you kind of how do you get that? Uh, I don't know. Truthfully, um, I'm I'm appreciative. Um, of it, but it's not something that I've given a ton of thought to. Um, but frankly, I think, you know, the D line, we, we try and play physical, we try and play hands-on, we, pl we try and play strong, trying to convert that, that weight room directly to the field. Thanks. Yep. Hey Matt, Ben Standick with The Athletic, good to see you. Um, I, I just see you. Late, so hopefully I'm not asking something that was asked, but uh, Jack Del Rio has said that they're going to try to use you guys up front a little bit differently than the way you were used last year, maybe a little less two gap, more penetrating. 
What does that mean to you with your role? How do you think that's going to potentially affect uh, what you do out there? Yeah, we're, it's still um, it's still early. We're still sorting out rules. We're still sorting out the defense with installs and everything like that. So that's a question that I'd probably have to just wait for another time down the road to answer. We're still working through all that stuff. Is it unsettling on some level that a question like that, which is some, and I understand why you can't answer it, but like, it's not that complicated of a question. You're about one month to the season's actually starting and you're still at this process because of what's happened in the off season. Is that somewhat unsettling as you're this close? Yeah, obviously COVID has been hindered our process, our progress a lot. It's hard whenever you have a new coach come in, with a new system, but I feel confident that we'll have enough time to get everything worked out by the time the season comes. This is a this is a D line group that I feel is is highly capable. So I don't have any I don't have any confidence issues there. Thank you. You got it. Hey Matt, Matt Paris from the Washington Times. I was just curious, what are the biggest differences you notice in the way the new coaching staff goes about teaching uh, the new scheme? Or is there anything like in terms of stressing details or anything they wait go the way they go about communicating, are there any differences? Yeah, every coach is going to be different. Um, coach to coach, coordinator to coordinator. Um, but I think it's all been, it's all been positive. It's, an all, it's all been productive. And with Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera having that defensive background too, what does that do for you as someone on the line? Um, I know they played linebacker, but does that help kind of, or does that, does that do anything for you? Um, I don't know. I try and stay in my bubble. I try and stay with what I know. You know, those guys, obviously defensive-minded, um, but I try and keep everything right in front of me, man in front of me. I try not to let too much of the the scheme um, – I try not to think too deep into the scheme and where it's coming from and who it's coming from. As far as just, I try and just focus on doing my job. Sure, thanks. Hey, Matt, it's uh, Chris Russell from SI.com and 106.7 The Fan. Thanks for doing this. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, so, I mean, obviously, as a fifth-round pick, you know, I, I guess the, the book on you, people didn't have huge expectations, but yet you've turned out to be a very, very vital role uh, player in, in, in this system and on, on this team, and some feel you're the best defensive lineman on the team, whether that's reality or whatever. Has anything that you've done – surprised you or did you always think that you were going if you got the chance that you were going to be able to kick some some butt and, and 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 do the things that you've been able to do the question is has my success surprised me is that what you mean, is that what you mean? yeah i i guess has it even i mean it surprised many on the outside did did it did, did the level of success you've had even surprise you a little bit or did you kind of envision this all along from the time you were drafted um, no, I would say I've always had confidence in myself and believed in myself. I definitely got off to a rocky start, but, um, I'm happy with where my career has taken me. My path has taken me. I want to thank God first and foremost. And then I've obviously had some, some coaches that have been instrumental in my development. All right, that is Washington defensive lineman Matt Ioannidis meeting the media. When we come back, we will get just a taste of Morgan Moses, who unfortunately lost his dad uh, over the offseason and becomes the most tenured offensive lineman here in Washington with the trade of Trent Williams. We'll get you just a taste of that, and we'll have the rest of that for you early next week right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast.
This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, we finish up with a, just a taste of Morgan Moses, who's been around since the 2014 draft third-round pick, one of Bruce Allen's best picks. Hey, I'm giving credit to Bruce where Bruce deserves it. Um, out of the University of Virginia, Morgan Moses. I mean, obviously you go from um, – now it's, it's surprising because like now I'm like the oldest person on the line right now, so it's, <laughs> it's kind of like night and day. But, um, you know, it's football. You know, this job – um, this job is very, it's very difficult. Um, you know, you see people walk out that front door every day and, and obviously you don't want to lose players like him, but you know, it goes on like, you know, for him, I know he's excited about being with the 49ers and, and ready to play some, get back to playing football, something that he loves to do. And, um, and for us, it's just, you know, figuring out who's the next guy up. All right. And that's once again, just a little taste of Morgan Moses the senior member of this offensive line, uh, one more year invested than Brandon Sheriff. Uh, and we will have the rest of that conversation with Morgan and the media coming up early next week. Thanks for being with us all week. Thanks for being with us as always. You can tweet me at Russellmania 621 at Russellmania 621. You can email me Russellmania09 at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast at Locked WFT Pod at Locked WFT Pod, and check me out, Sports Illustrated, SI.com, covering Washington football. Thanks for being with us. Um, also on the radio at 1067 the fan on the radio.com. I've got 14,000 jobs. I work all the time. Uh, thanks for being with us. Have a great weekend, and hopefully nobody gets uh, in trouble. All right. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.